Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman alongside me, Jared Kimber. We're back in South London, but that pretty much until Josh Butler went a bit uh, crazy late in the day is as good as it gets. England uh, ending the day much as they started. 2-1 behind, we'll on to play. Jared Kimber, where'd you start? What a weird day's cricket and a weird atmosphere at the Oval as well. Yeah, it felt, I, I was saying early on, it felt like sort of the last day of school when the teacher wheels out their VCR and... You can watch that one video that the library owns, and uh, I never really got on. I felt for the first two sessions, I just felt maybe disinterested is the wrong word, but ungrabbed. I thought that Joe Root's innings was as subdued an innings as I can remember. I mean, the only three shots I, that actually come to mind, four shots, uh, or four balls that he faced, uh, the four chances that he gave, the last one actually been taken, I can't remember a single shot he played. Yeah, it, it, was, it just felt a bit like that all day. And people kept saying to me, oh, you know, England are on top. And I'm like, they could still be up for 180. They've actually done quite well, uh, considering uh, at times they looked like they were about to be rolled over. I mean, there was all the drops early on. Then there was the, 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 the most feared spell in cricket, the Mitchell Marsh middle over spell. Um, it, it, was, it was just a very odd, odd day of, of test cricket, really. And, you know, if Steve Smith wasn't in the other side, you'd say England actually did OK on this pitch. Uh, okay, well, let's get uh, on to it. England asked to bat first. That was a bit of a surprise as well. Ending it 271 for eight uh, with Butler and Leach at the crease. Player of the day. Well, it's got to be uh, Steve Smith, isn't it? Mitch Marsh. Not two S's, two M's. I mean, this guy, it almost it didn't set the tone, but I don't know if you saw it early on in the piece. He was fielding at uh, third man, finally, I can't remember who was batting, but essentially fell over trying to uh, fill the ball and that really encapsulated everything about Australia in that first session when two catches went down there was some uh, really slack fielding Peter Siddle I don't know what happened to him he was uh, trying to bounce England out at uh, 82 miles an hour and and England really uh, 
well, 86-1 at lunch, so kind of taking advantage. But then Mitch Marsh came back, and suddenly he was Wakar Yunus. He was, uh, there was outswinger Yorkers, inswinger Yorkers, wickets going everywhere. Um, he, he even picked up um, uh, England wasting a review with a, an LBW for Johnny Bairstow. And then just when you thought, uh, after his test best, he was going to hold the ball aloft as he walked from the crease. No! Just to add the comedy to the uh, day, he seemed to get cramp in both eyes and <laughs> limped off the field. Uh, Mitch Marsh, what a player of the day. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, who thought we'd be sitting here after one of the most incredible test series we've been to in a while? And on the first day of, of the fifth test, talking about Mitchell Marsh's player of the day. No one even thought he was in the... I mean, I, they had to, you know, when they selected him, they had to double-check he was there. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been so long since we've seen him. Um, and there's a, there's a very fair call that he's currently bowling better than Peter Siddle, and Peter Siddle's currently batting better than him. They may have changed the, uh, the, their, their playing types between the two of them. It's almost as good as I've seen him bowl, but that said, England is where that should suit him the most. He does swing it. I thought he's a little bit disappointed in, in times in 2015, although those weren't as friendly bowling conditions as we have at the moment. Um, but realistically, he's what six five, six six. He uh, he's he's a strong guy. He gets the ball through. He could probably go high eighties if, if he wanted to. Um, and he's a batsman, you know, in his own way. So he can think batsman out. And today, he just swung it all day. And you know, he looked a constant threat, really, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is a guy that scored big centuries against England uh, in Ashes before, albeit in Australia. It seems to me as well. You know, there are a lot of. Aussie players I mean Glenn Maxwell comes to mind as well they do seem to be treated quite poorly at times I mean I'm sure you, don't, you never know what's going on behind the scenes but you know Tim Payne yesterday uh, was saying that Mitch Marsh essentially needs to work harder work smarter and watch Ben Stokes and be Ben Stokes a bit like Shane Watson uh, with the Freddie Flintoff thing back in the day although I don't think Shane Watson was ever told to work harder well look he got Ben Stokes out today so I guess that's, he's, he's doing his job isn't he but yeah I, I think there's, there's always been a perception of Mitch Marsh is a little bit lazy and to be fair I think he would own up to it at times as well um, you know there's the great stories from him turning up at the um, Australian you know the Cricket Academy and you know, the other guys turning up for their net sessions and him being sent off to do laps of the ground again because he may not have turned up in peak physical condition after the night before. Um, you know, and he, he certainly had those problems. I, I, I find it, he's an interesting cricketer because, you know, at least with Ben Stokes, you can think well, he's probably going to average 35 if he bats consistently in number six. Because of his bowling and his fielding, that's probably worth it. I'm not sure Mitch Marshall ever average over much more than 20 odd um, where he bats and he's not as uh, potent a bowler as as Ben Stokes so he's either have to going to be ha- do like what Watson did which was become a very accurate bowler who drives up at end or he's going to have a, have to have a few days like today um, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a long-term international player but that doesn't mean that I don't think he's talented because I, I do I'm just not sure how he fits into test cricket but if the wickets keep helping um, bowlers the way they have of recent times and he bowls with the Duke's ball, then, uh, you know, things, maybe he, you know, he does build a bit of a career again. But I'm not sure. I still can't see him batting in the top seven. Seems to me at times that, uh, you know, England only seem to know how to play one way, and that is with their backs to the wall. You know, they were given a huge opportunity here 
Australia, you know, they're still suffering the effects of retaining the ashes on Sunday, travelling down from Manchester to London, got to go out and do it all over again. Tim Payne's somehow deciding to bowl first. You know, in 102 tests, only three teams have won a match here after, uh, after bowling first. So it was a bit of a strange decision. The first session, Australia were not here. England were 103 for one. They were 169 for three. You know, Australia were essentially going, here you go, guys. They dropped their best bat, England's best bats from three times. But England do not know how to leave from the front. They only ever seem to know how to battle their way grimly from behind. And that's exactly what happened again today. Yeah, I mean, they're not very good. And they got lucky. And they could have been bowled out for far less than they were. Um... You know, you'd think if Pattinson or Stark was playing ahead of Siddle, um, Australia would be batting by now. I mean, they might be four down themselves, of course, but um, they might be batting. Well, even if, even if they just could catch. Yeah, even if they could catch, it's a fair point. Um, I think that, look, it's interesting, isn't it? It's that, that whole thing again of Bairstow, Stokes and Butler, they're all number sevens. And it's like the guy batting at number seven usually looks like the best batsman of the three of them. At, or many times um, and without Butler Butler's innings today they obviously completely fall together in a heap um, but yeah I mean when you say they play their best cricket when they when they're the backs against the wall how much of that is just that they bat so deep you know that they do literally have batting talent so far down um, and, and good batting talent that you know uh, you know Wokes at eight is a quality um, all-rounder to have at eight. So m- how much of it is just that you, you have batsmen that go deep? So it's not so much that they're good at batting down um, the order. It's just that uh, if, if the sting is out of the other team a little bit, they can you know drag themselves back in. I don't, I don't know. Uh, ball of the day. Well, the delivery to dismiss Joe Root was not quite a carbon copy of uh, what we saw at Old Trafford. Um, and also Hazel was dismissal of him. What was that? Was that Lords? I can't quite remember. But essentially, you know, it's one thing to uh, identify a weakness in a batsman. It's another to be able to actually deliver a 90 mile an hour uh, ball that uh, pitches uh, in line, straightens and beats the uh, outside edge and takes off, takes out off stump. But also saying that Joe Root could probably do with playing forward a little bit more often as well. Um, but it was a brilliant ball. Well, he's a backfield player, isn't he? I mean, if, if it is an analysis thing, whoever's come up with it, whether it be a player, a coach, or, you know, one of the analysis stuff, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see if other teams could do it or whether you need to be bowling 90 miles an hour um, to be able to do it. And let's be honest, basically the aim most of the time is to bowl uh, a ball that pitches around off stump, straightens and takes the top of off stump. So, it, you know, it's interesting, but... I actually thought the best ball today was the one that Cummins bowled to um, Sam Curran that got him out LBW. It ended up being a no ball for overstepping. But that curved ridiculously. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes when, when, Pat, when Pat Cummins bowls a ball like that, you're just like, that should be illegal. That, like, literally, I know, you know, I'm pretty sure in the south of America you're not allowed to bowl balls like that. It's frowned upon at the very least. Um, it, you know, and it wasn't a day for great balls, was it? Um, but they certainly, you know, they, they bowled it just... They kept the pressure on in the right time. Um, and unfortunately for them, they dropped catches. And, uh, and then England got on top a bit at the end. And wasn't also helped by... Uh, uh, by uh, none of this matters. The ball of the day is Pat Cummins to, to Sam Curran. I don't care if it's a no ball. Why are you, you questioning me? Shot of the day. <laughs> uh, Sam Curran on the hook to Cummins. I thought it was shot of the day. He absolutely middled that. Um, yeah. 
Why are you arguing with me? I'm not arguing because I did like that shot. The only other shot I would add, and I'm not even sure he got more than a single for it, was the one where um, Joe Root walked across his stumps and paddled the ball across his shoulder when Nathan Lyon was facing. How was that shot of the day? It was awful. Yeah, but it was, it was gloriously awful. It was, it was well thought out, and I, I really liked it. I mean, it was ugly. Maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> well, somewhat surprisingly, Joss Butler, although he's unbeaten, uh, has spoken, and... Um, Let's hear what he has to say. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, no, it's nice to contribute a little bit. Um, I thought the boys in the morning batted fantastically well and we, we got in a really good position having lost the toss, um, but we just weren't quite able to capitalise on it. Um, no, obviously, uh, it's been a long long series and uh, a quick turnaround, so I think both sides are um, maybe feeling that a little bit. That's why the intensity sort of goes up and down. But um, no, I think it's obviously... Um, you know, like I said, the, as the game ebbed and flowed, you know, Australia, a very good bowling attack who kept asking questions all day. I thought Burns and Root played played really well, and it was, I suppose, disappointing for us as a team not to try and not quite being able to really capitalise on that. Wow, that's good. And what about coach Justin Langer? Yeah, our first session wasn't great. I thought we bowled a bit too short. We adjusted that after lunch, and then I thought the boys, like they've done all series, fought really hard. So uh, in the end of the day, it's pre- pretty even. Um, but certainly our first session wasn't as, as tight as we would have liked it to have been. I don't really have a rant of the day, I'll be honest with you, Jared. You know, the following on podcast isn't uh, about engineering debate. It's not about pretending that we believe something that we don't. It's not about me taking uh, a point of view that is directly at odds with yours. Uh, I do find a little strange, though, Joe Denley's still playing this test match that, you know... Uh, oh, you, you, you just put your finger up there. Well, it's not so much of a rant of the day, but I do wonder how much we worry about team's bowling first um, you know th- there was so much said about Tim Payne bowling first and my f- first thought was um, uh, you know they're backing themselves there's going to be a bit of movement today and to be fair I think the pitch backed um, Australia for, for, for you know making that decision I mean it was a pitch that all day there was movement on the ball swung in the air uh, there was there was certainly help there the fact that they didn't field very well or at times bowl very well um, is the reason that, they, that England weren't bowled out today but you know people go on and on about bowling first and I know the stats at the oval but this is not a typical oval pitch you and I come here all the time the first thing I thought was, was where, where have they brought this pitch in from so I do understand the whole thing but I think we have to get used to teams bowling first more often now and um, understanding that it's not the end of the world you know in, in this particular case I don't think it was a wrong decision well so it proves I think that should have been a mistake of the day rather than a rant of the day because you didn't sound very ranty you were just making back, a point that was my mistake of the day also <laughs> that was a mistake of the day but it wasn't the mistake of the day well but we could have d- debated that at length you know, got the listeners getting angry. Oh, no, we don't do that, do we? Anyway, the point I'm making is Trevor Bayliss spoke um, his final test match, of course, and he uh, trotted out the old line about giving a test match player one test too many and one test too few. We spoke about this last week, actually, and actually spoke about Denley. You know, by giving one a test match too many, it's not like you play 200 games a year here. By giving someone a test match too many, essentially you are saying that you're giving them one too many, but you're also you're, you're denying another test match player uh, the chance to play. So you are, in essence, giving them one too few. I think we've already talked about this. It's just a pointless phrase anyway, so I'm not sure it really ma- I'm not sure it really tracks. And, and also, I, I, you make a very fair point. Let's say you play 15 test matches a year, or if, it could even be only 10 some year. This year, it's probably closer to 10, isn't it? If you only play 10 test matches in the year, you're literally giving them an extra 10% 
um, chance. And, and realistically, I think if you haven't made runs after your eighth test or your sixth test, you're probably not going to make runs unless you're very young. And young players are different, especially players who are picked before they're ready. But players who are picked when they're at their absolute top of their game, which is what Denley was supposed to be, if they haven't made runs after six tests, there's probably a reason. Lol of the day. Do you have a lol? I'm not sure I actually have a lol. Oh, wait a minute. Mate, how can I not have... There's loads of lols today. I forgot about Mitch Marsh's hamstring. Because I'm actually, as you may know, I think you know this. No, you do. From when we were in Sri Lanka, I'm an expert on cramp. Because I cramp a lot. And I always have. And um, generally not when I'm playing sport. Mine's usually at night. Um, terribly. So, but, but, but essentially... No, we've got a couple more minutes on this podcast. I don't know why that guy keeps calling time. But anyway, I'm an expert on cramp. So if, if you can walk, right... If you can walk and you're still crampy up or you can run and you're still crampy up, there's no way that you could stretch out the leg because at that stage, you're, by walking, you're already stretching out. So if you, I think it was his hamstring not his, his, um, that he had the cramp in. There's no, if you can walk and it's still cramping up, there's no way you could fix it. Now, I would think that Mitchell Marsh would know that. Most professional athletes know a fair bit about cramp. And yet, he just kept trying to run in and trying to run in and trying to run in. Despite the fact that it got to a point where, I, I don't know if you saw this, I'm pretty sure Maria Erasmus took his cap and hit him on the chest with the cap as if to go, you can't bowl, mate. You're not going to be able to bowl. I found that quite funny. Yeah, that wasn't that funny at all. Oh. It was the, the, Him, you know, getting cramp in both legs was funny to look at, but you're... You laughed at it before. Yeah, but your in-depth explanation of what cramp means, that was really not funny, man. This is the lol moment of the day. You've let us down. Lol moments of the day are usually to do with getting hit in the box or <laughs> dropping a catch or slipping over in the outfield or missing a run out when your team is one run away from losing a test match. Uh, so Mitch Marsh, lol of the day, falling over in the outfield. Patrick Cummins with a misfield, lols. Uh, Tim Payne dropping a catch, lol. Uh, who dropped the first one? Lol. Oh, Peter Siddle. Sure. Oh, it was brilliant. Not Big sure. lols. Not sure any of them were that funny. Well, look, we could talk about it at length, <laughs> but uh, maybe not on this podcast. Moment of the day. Uh, for me, you know, Joss Butler showing that when he brings his ODI game to the test arena it is thrilling to watch 45 runs of Jack Leach at the end of the innings Jack Leach needs to bat a 9 by the way he has moved up the order ahead of Stuart Broad but I still can't see anything that Joffrey Archer brings that uh, you know it actually makes sense to have someone like Butler coming in at 6 and 7 if you've got Leach at nine because he can just block it out at one end and then Butler can do his thing um, so uh, you know I, 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 watching Butler today you know there's so much talk about whether he should play best they should play yada 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 I think just one of them can play um, good luck making the decision on who whether he keeps the glo- keeps wicket or whether he bats as a specialist I'm still not sure but he's an enigma isn't he Butler you can see why he polarises opinion there are some out there who say He's undoubtedly talented. He should be on this side. He could do what he's done today. And then there's others like me that said, they say, essentially, he can only bat when the pressure's off. And he just is given this position where essentially just hit it as far as you can. I'm not sure I'm really that much closer to knowing what the answer is. Um, but I, I just can't see how England can continue with this amount of all-rounders. They need to get a few specialists in. Um, and that means making a big decision. I thought it was funny when Australia bowled a leg spinner to him because in T20 cricket he doesn't bat very well against leg spin. I like when T20 things happen in test matches. 
by the way, Labuschagne, I mean, you know, sometimes I watch cricket and the ball is hit so hard. I wonder how on earth has that ball not broken every single bone in your body um, or rather hand? And when he drove Labuschagne back, uh, I mean, I would have been half minded just to pretend to get filled that. But, you know, he's an Aussie, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And also, that's probably well, South African Aussie. It's also why you're probably not a professional sportsman. Not yet. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Myself and Jared uh, looking back at another day where Steve Smith top scored, uh, where uh, one of the two openers were out early, but one of them actually got a score on the board. Um, Labuschagne edges into the slip corner, uh, isn't dropped, and then there'll be runs for, uh, for Mitchell Marsh. It's going to be the Mitchell Marsh test match. Uh, join us to look back at exactly that on the uh, following on podcast with myself and Jared. And thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.